sunny and warm it is. <laughs> sunny and warm it is. That is if you consider uh, like 50 degrees warm. But when that 50 degrees comes in February and there's a bright blue sky and a beautiful, beautiful sun just kind of warming and just, just ever so slight uh, gentle breeze. Ah, baby, that's living. That's living, especially in February. Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast. And this is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2021. And on Tuesdays, we play a drama. And we have a good one lined up today. So what you need to do at this point is make yourself comfortable over there in that great big easy chair. Or maybe lay out there on the sofa. Get yourself a little refreshment. Just make yourself at home. Get rid of the cares of the day because we're going to come right back at you with today's old-time radio drama. Sunny and warm it is. <laughs> Sunny and warm it is. That is if you consider uh, like 50 degrees warm. But when that 50 degrees comes in February and there's a bright blue sky and a beautiful, beautiful sun, just kind of warming and just just ever so slight uh, gentle breeze. Ah, baby, that's living. That's living, especially in February. Hi, this is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast. And this is Tuesday, February 22nd, 2021. And on Tuesdays, we play a drama. And we have a good one lined up today. So what you need to do at this point is make yourself comfortable over there in that great big easy chair, or maybe lay out there on the sofa, get yourself a little refreshment, just make yourself at home, get rid of the cares of the day, because we're going to come right back at you with today's old-time radio drama. show is an episode of Suspense, and we're going all the way back to 1945, a little further back than we normally go for this one. But this is a good show. Now, I don't play anything that has to do with uh, ghosts or hobgoblins or demonic forces. I just, I don't, I'm not into that, okay? 
I just uh, I avoid that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean you can't be creeped out or scared pretty good because there's some pretty scary people running around. And a case in point is the show that we have tonight entitled Death on Highway 99. Now, the only star that was mentioned for this was George Murphy. And we'll talk a little bit about him on the other side. But the first half of this show really gets scary. I was listening to it in the dark, and I kind of wanted to turn the light on. And uh, the second half, well, not so much. But the first half, the second half is very dramatic and suspenseful. But, uh, well, you'll see. So here we go, back to 1945 for an episode of Suspense and Death on Highway 99. George Murphy as star of Death on Highway 99, a suspense play produced, edited, and directed for Roma Wines by William Spear. Suspense. Dear Julie, the clock here in my room just struck seven which means I have about an hour for writing this letter to you. I guess already you've said, who's this from? What goes? So I'll tell you right off. Remember Morton Blake? Speed Blake, they called me in high school. The guy who sat behind you in Algebra 2 and Chemistry? That was more than seven years ago. And I'm writing to you because there's no one else in the world that I give a darn about. There never has been, Julie, since I saw you the first time. Well, I sure had other plans about you, and that's probably a surprise, too, because I never had the nerve to let you know that I was alive. Before. But as it is with me now, this letter is all you'll ever know. A letter telling you what a mess I've made of things, what a mess I've made of my life. You see, Julie, it's because I always decided too late what to do. Because I always was a coward. That's why I never spoke to you and and told you, back then, what I thought about you until it was too late and you had married someone else. That's why I'm writing the last letter I'll ever write to a girl who can't even remember my face. That's why I'm waiting for Captain Shannon to come and get me. You see, Julie, I'm a murderer. Yes, in just a little while, I'll see the squad car pull up outside and then all the fumbling and the mistakes will be over. But I want you to understand, that's all. Because it really was all her fault, Pauline's. Do you remember Pauline? She was that strawberry blonde who hated you so much. Of course she hated you. Pauline hated everyone. She was so sharp and mean and not like you. But when you got married, I married Pauline just to show myself that I didn't care. Just because she was there handy and you were lost. It was five long years. We were clawing at each other like two cats tied up in a sack. Right up to that last night, She'd gone to a show, alone, and I picked her up afterwards. And I was a little late, so she really began riding me, 
She was in a fine One mood. thing after another. I tell you, I've just about had my fill, Mort. I've stood it as much as I'm going to. As much of what? As much of what? Oh, look, Pauline, I worked late. I'm tired. Why don't you just sit there and be quiet? Yes, you'd like that, wouldn't you? You'd like it if I was deaf and dumb. Well, you won't shut me up, Morton Blake. When I want to talk, I'll talk. What are you stopping for? A boulevard stop sign. Oh, for isn't that silly. It's almost two in the morning. There isn't a car in sight. Look, Pauline, let me drive the car, will you? All right, sure, sure. Take your time. After I waited almost an hour in the cold. You don't care about anybody but yourself. Pauline. What? Look, let's stop kidding ourselves. Let's be honest for five minutes. Honest? You're a fine one to speak about being honest. I just wonder if it really was work that kept you tonight. After all, I know oh, a couple of things... Oh, forget that, will you? And listen, what I'm trying to say is that our marriage is finished. You know it and I know it. And it's, it, it was no good before we started. Yes, and whose fault was that, may I ask? I know what you were thinking of then. I know who you were mooning about. I know that. All right, all right. But why should you and I go on? Why don't we just call the whole thing off? You've been working too hard, Mort. You're delirious. You really think I'd ever give you a divorce? Well, it's as bad for you as it is for me, Pauline. Why not? I got my reasons. But we're wasting our lives. You're still young and pretty. You could get a much better deal. You think you could, too, don't you, Mort? Well, I, I don't know. Well, just because you want your freedom so much, it's no go. Because I like to make you squirm. Because I loathe and despise you. Do you get me, Mort? Yes. Yes, Pauline, I get you. Let's, uh, let's don't talk anymore. Let's forget it. Look, you don't have to speed just because we're having... Look, a minute ago I was going too slow. You said I... Never mind what I said. Stop going so fast. Well, I'm under the limit. Dry up. Mort, we'll turn over. I said dry up. Mort, the... there's someone on the road. Martin! Look out! You're going to hit him! You hit him. You hit him. You stay in the car, Pauline. Don't go, Mort. Don't go. Maybe he's dead. Oh, maybe. You, you stay where you are. He's, he's moving. Hey, mister. Mister, can you hear me, mister? Not your fault. Couldn't see me in the dark. Don't don't try to talk. Here, look, just hang on to me. I'll, I'll get you into the car. There you are. You're on your feet. Who are you? Name Haggerty. Okay, Mr. Haggerty. Now, now take it easy. I'll take you to a doctor. Yes, yes, doctor, quickly. Doctor, quickly. He's passed out. Pauline, open the back door. Is... Is he dead? No, no, he's alive. There, now if we hurry. We've got to get him to the hospital right away. Well, now there's the result of your temper, Mort. My temper? Well, you know it wasn't my fault. He jumped right in front of the wheels. Oh, not your fault, not your fault. He doesn't seem to think it was your fault either. Well, it wasn't. You saw. He ran right out from the side without looking. Yeah, you're lucky. As usual, Mort. Lucky? What are you talking about? Well, the streets are completely deserted. Well, it's late. What's so strange about that? Nothing. Only there weren't any witnesses. That's right. No witnesses except him and you. Oh, of That's right. Him and me. What's your hurry, Morton? What's my... Why, I've got to get him to the hospital. He may be dying. No, Mort. He's not dying. You don't have to hurry. He's dead. <laughs> dead. She said it just like that, like she was handing me a birthday present. I pulled the car to the curb and got into the back seat. The old man was sprawled across the cushions, his head twisted back, 
When I put my face down, there wasn't a whisper of any breathing on my cheek. I slipped my hand inside his coat, still as a stone, not a flicker from his heart. I crawled back under the wheel and sat there thinking. Mort. Yeah. You know what you've done? Yeah. He's dead. That means you're guilty of... What is it, Mort? Murder? No. No, it's not murder. Or manslaughter. And even manslaughter will mean prison, won't it, Mort? I said manslaughter will mean prison, won't it? Prison? No. No, it wasn't my fault. You heard him say so. Yeah. If I testify that I heard, then you'll get off. Is that it? Why... Well, you'll have to testify, or else... Or else what, Morton? Or else I'll be sent up. There weren't any other witnesses. That's right, Morton. Hey, what are you trying to tell me? Mort, you must have imagined that poor man said it wasn't your fault. What? Because I didn't hear him say a thing. You're lying. You're lying, Pauline. You heard him. As soon as I put him in the car, he said it. He said it's not your fault. Can you prove it, Mort? Can I prove... This is what I wanted, Morton. I'll have my freedom, but you won't have yours. You'll be that jailbird, Speed Blake, and you'll have years and years and years to think about all the other girls you used to know. Won't you, Mort? I looked at her. She had a thin smile on her lips. I got a crawling feeling at the back of my neck. I held under the wheel so tight that my knuckles began to ache. Well, Morton, what are you waiting for? What was I waiting for? What had I always waited for? Well, Morton... I began to think of something. A line that my beloved wife's ran through my brain. She said, no witnesses. There were no witnesses. Why wait, Mort? Be a man. No witnesses. No witnesses. I could dump the old man's body somewhere on the edge of town. No one would be the wiser. No, no one but Pauline. But... But what if there was no Pauline? Where are you going? This isn't the way, Mort. Mort! Morton, look at the speedometer. I tell you, you're going the wrong way. Well, we're way past the city limits. Morton. Morton, stop this car at once. Stop it. Do you hear? Okay. Okay, I'll stop the car, Pauline. Mort, you... You didn't really believe me when I said I wouldn't testify, did you, Mort? Yes. Yes, I believed you. But I was only kidding. I wouldn't think of not telling... I believed you, Pauline. But you know I'd never do it. I believed you, so I'm going to kill you. You're... You're joking. Am I? You wouldn't dare. And anyway, how could you? Look outside, Pauline. Did you notice where we are? What do you mean? We're on Austin Bluff. Remember, the cliff is just ahead. Morton. Must be at least 300 feet to the bottom. Pretty picture, huh, baby? Oh, please. Come on. Please, Morton, I... Come on, get out of the car. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. yes, yes. We're no. going for a walk, Pauline. No, no. A nice walk no. in the moonlight, just you and me. After five years, we ought to have a little romance, we two. She didn't budge. Her eyes blazed at me. I got out of the car and closed the door. Walked around to the other side to pull her out. But she locked the door from the inside before I got there. I ran fast back to the other side. 
I wasn't fast enough. She'd locked that door, and the back doors, too. She and Haggerty were locked in. Oh, it made me crazy wild to see her white face in there. The face that had kept me from anything a guy could want in life. Come on, open up. Open the door, you can't get away. I've got the key, so quit stalling. Open up. Hey, stop it. Stop that horn or I'll... Okay, I'll fix that. Won't keep that racket up for long, sweetheart. Let's see now. Let's see, which one is it? Oh, there. Got him. See, Pauline? You'd be smart to come on out and get it over with. I pressed my face against the glass. She was crouched down in the front seat. Her eyes watched every move I made. She was trapped and she knew it. I could see Haggerty in the back seat. His head still twisted back. His eyes were shut. His sprawled old body had a look of pain and surprise. Even while, like I was, I felt bad about him. But I had to hurry. Pauline was fooling with the lights, flashing them on and off. I fell around on the ground and I found a good solid rock. I picked it up and I showed it to her. Open up. It's your last chance or I smash the window. Okay, whatever you say, baby. Here we go. No! No, Mark! No! Come on. No! Come on, no! now for that walk. Oh, no, Mark, don't hurt me, please, Mark. Come on. Please, Come I... on. No! I'll Mark, stop that please. screaming. No! Oh, I think it's a clear drop here. No ledge. That's right. You see that glow down there? That's water. Taylor Creek. Clear all the way down. Oh. Oh, you want to talk, huh? Okay, talk. You can even yell. No one will hear you now. You can't do this, Mort. I promise I won't turn you in. You're not the kind of a person to kill, Mort. You can't do it, Mort. Please, just... Can't Mort, I, huh? Don't. Oh, please, You'd be let surprised me. what I can no, do, Pauline. No, don't. Mort, please. Goodbye, baby. <laughs> Sweet dreams. For suspense, Roma Wines are bringing you a star, Mr. George Murphy, in Death on Highway 99 by Larry Marcus and Robert Light, a play well calculated to keep you in suspense. Yes, Julie, I did it. And when you get this letter, you'll be the only person who'll really know why. Who'll know that I'm only sorry that I didn't kill her sooner. All right, so you can't quite remember which guy I was, if I was the tall one or the red-headed one, or if you spoke to me when you saw me in the hall. That doesn't matter to you or to me now. What matters is that I lived with her for five years. Five years I might have spent at least thinking about you. Well... It was done. I climbed back in the car. The clock on the dash said 20 after 2. And I still had to get rid of the old man's body before daylight, so I started driving. When I came to a strip of forest along the road, I stopped my car and I got out. And right then, the beam of a spotlight pinned me in my tracks. I didn't move. I saw it was a cop. Hey, what you doing there? He started walking toward me, rolling his motorcycle. No parking anywhere along the highway, mister. Okay, officer. Okay, I, I didn't know. This ain't no lover's lane. You gotta keep moving. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll get going right away, officer. Say, uh, you're not carrying any vegetables in your car, are you? Uh, uh, vegetables? No. There's no. a beetle thing going on again. I just better take a look in the back there. Oh, there's just hey. nothing in there, honest. What? Uh, listen. Where does that guy think he's going? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he's speeding all right, isn't he? Say, am I going to slap a ticket onto him? Hey, but you clear out of here, mister, and don't have a park in this highway again. No, no, sir, I won't. Never again. So I took another road and got back on Highway 99. By then, I felt jittery. I smoked one cigarette after another, and the sweat was rolling down my face. I found another spot, and this time I made sure I was alone. Then I parked the car, and I opened the back door. I reached in for Haggerty's body. He was still limp and warm, and really, I was sorry about him. You see, that proves I wasn't a killer. That proves it was her fault, Pauline's. And if she hadn't been like she was, I never would have killed. Not anyone. Well, I got the old man out onto the road, and I left him there. put the car in the garage and looked it over to see that everything was okay. No blood on the seat. That was a break. The window was broken, of course, but I could fix that. There was mud on the tire, so I got out the garden hose and washed them down. Then I went into the house. I, I was pretty nervous. I knew I'd have to be on my toes for the next three or four days, so, so I took a couple of sleeping pills. They did the trick. I was asleep the minute my head hit the pillow. telephone sounded like it was ringing miles away. I didn't know if it was day or night when I stumbled down the hall, shaking my head, trying to, trying to clear my brain. Hello? Hello? Is this Martin Blake? Uh, yes. This is Sergeant Graham down at headquarters. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, anything wrong? I uh, got some bad news for you, Blake. Uh, bad news? Yeah. A report just came in from the East Precinct. A couple of campers found a body at the bottom of the cliff. Yes? Well, it's tough to tell you, but, well, the body's been identified as your wife, Pauline. It looked like an accident. They didn't suspect a thing. I was in the clear. The sleeping pills were still working. I wanted to go back to bed, but I didn't dare. I had to get down to that morgue right away to identify what was left of Pauline. I thought that might throw me, but I was as cold as steel when they took me in to see her. They were watching me, so I pulled an act. Hey, 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 take it easy, take it easy there. Here, sit down here. Oh. I got you some water. Oh, thanks. I, I'm, I'm all, all right now. Yeah, take a swallow of this. Oh, thank you. Gee, I, uh, I guess you must get pretty hard into these things. After a while. Yeah, I see him every day. I don't know. You never really get used to it. We had another sad case this morning. Uh, another accident? Yeah. They brought in an old fella. Found him on Highway 99. Smacked by a hit-and-run driver. Yeah. Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a nasty business. Of course, this old man isn't dead, but still, you know... Hey, you're jumpy. Yeah, I'll get you another glass. Oh, thanks. You see... Seeing my wife, I guess. Sure. I... I understand. Yeah. Just take it easy now. Thank you. Feel better? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, you were telling me the, the old man wasn't dead? No. And just by luck, one of the boys got a very faint heartbeat when he felt his pulse. We went to work on him fast, and looks like he's going to pull through. Well, that, that's sure a break. Uh, for him, I mean. Yeah. He's at the receiving hospital. The report is he's coming along fine. 
Got a bad smack in the head. Lost his memory. Oh. Uh, for, for good? No, no. They say it's only temporary. They think when he snaps out of it, he may even remember the dirty rat that hit him. Haggerty was alive. Alive. Well, of course, I should have been glad. The poor old guy had never done anything to me. But I couldn't think that way then. Haggerty was alive, and he'd remember me. And he'd remember Pauline was with me. I almost gave up. I almost shouted, all right, I did it. I killed my wife. But something kept me fighting. Long enough to get out of there. Long enough to drive to the hospital where Haggerty was. It was an awful chance to take, but I couldn't stay away. I was just walking up to the desk to find out his room number. Blake. Aren't you Morton Blake? Uh, oh, y- yes. Yes, I, I, I am. I'm Captain Shannon from headquarters. I just saw you down at the morgue. Oh, oh yes, I, I I, didn't remember. Yeah, well, can't tell you how sorry I am about your wife. Oh, thank you very much, Captain. I... Mm. Funny running into you here. Yes, I, uh, I, well, uh, uh, I thought I'd find out if I could get a room and, and uh, take a rest for a few days. I uh, feel pretty well shot. Yes, I can imagine. But I don't think you have a chance the way hospitals are crowded. You'd better get your rest at home. Get a friend to stay with you. Yes, I, I guess you're right, Captain. I'd drive you home, but I get called down on this hit-and-run case. Oh, oh, the, the old man... The attendant at the morgue was telling me. He was? Well, I shouldn't talk to you about such things the way you feel. Oh, but it looks like it all turned out all right. The old man's only shocked, not even a bad bruise or broken bone. He's conscious now, so I'm going up to talk to him. You, you, uh, do, do you think he'll know who hit him? Well, they said over the phone he has a good description, and even if it isn't good, we've got the tire print of the car and the footprint of the driver. You have? From where? Yeah, there was a lot of mud where the car stopped. The driver was careless. That kind usually are. Oh, uh, there's a doctor on the case now. Oh, Dr. Leeds. Yes? I was just going to walk up and talk to the old Haggerty. Oh, yes, I know. Did the nurse tell you he described the driver, Captain? He yeah. did? I'm going to take it down and then make the arrest. Fine, but would you mind waiting about two hours? The old man's sleeping now, and rest is important to a man his age. Mine, Doctor? No. What's time to me? It's two hours more for the hit-and-run driver, whoever he is, to wonder just how smart he really was. And we know the answer. So, Julie, I'm waiting now. I'm writing you all this because I got a crazy idea that you have a right to know. You, a girl I knew seven years ago, who won't remember me, who won't remember that nickname, Speed, or if I had freckles. I did. Or if you signed my book on class day. You didn't, because I didn't have the nerve to ask you. So maybe it isn't a real girl at all that I'm writing this to. I guess I'm writing to... to how I failed. To how I never did anything in time to how I thought good and acted bad. You see, what I think you were adds up to how much I failed. I guess every guy in the world has someone like you, a girl in a blue dress, and success is having her now, not back long way in the past. They drove up now, Captain Shannon and, yes, a couple of cops, and Haggerty, old Haggerty's walking. Okay. 
Well, I only got seconds to get ready for them. So goodbye, Julie. Goodbye. All right. All right, you can come in. It isn't locked. I brought Mr. Haggerty, Blake. I think we all ought to have a little talk. Oh, sure. Sure, I know. This is the man, isn't it, Haggerty? Oh, yes, but uh, I told you, Captain, it wasn't his fault. You told him? You told him what? Of course. I stepped out and you couldn't miss hitting me. But he left you there. You might have been dying, Haggerty. I know. He, he got scared. I don't blame him. I'm not going to make any charges, Captain, and that's that. Well, I guess that's all, Blake. Oh. Oh. You ought to be happy about it. But but didn't he tell you about Pauline? About my wife? What about your wife? Well, that, that she was with me in the car? Last night? Your wife was with you? Haggerty. He, he didn't tell you? And now, now it's too late. I... Well, what's I, wrong with you, Blake? Somebody get some water. It's too late. I, I took cyanide when you drove up. It's too late. You see, I killed Pauline. But Haggerty never said... I know, I know now. He didn't see her. He passed out before I put him in the car. But it's too late. It's funny about me, Captain. I was always too late. And they used to call me Speed. Oh, Speed, Blake. Roma Wines have brought you George Murphy as star of Death on Highway 99. Tonight's study in Suspense. George Murphy appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Producers of our vines have tender grapes. Next Thursday, you will hear Mr. Joseph Cotton as star of Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Got a little strange there at the end, but uh, suspenseful. But that first half was scary. I don't care what you say. That, uh, the screen, oh, that actress was really good. I wish I knew who that was. The only person that was given credit, as you heard, was, was George Murphy. That was Death on Highway 99, which is a major north and south uh, highway in California. It goes right up through the San Joaquin Valley. We used to drive that all the time when I was a kid to go up and see our relatives up around Porterville, California. Anyway, that one was originally broadcast on CBS on the 4th of October in 19... 19- 45. Suspense. They never got tired of saying that, did they? In fact, I cut a couple out where he go keeps going, uh, this is a tale calculated to keep you in suspense. And here's George Murphy in the play entitled Death on Highway 99, which will keep you in suspense. Oh, they kind of overdid that, but that was a great show nonetheless. That and Escape both. George Murphy, 
Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about him, if you don't remember. He was a dancer who worked with his wife on uh, Broadway. And her name was Julie Johnson, I believe. And in 1934, she retired from show business. But he went on to dance on stage. And eventually, in Hollywood, he worked with Shirley Temple, with Eleanor Powell, with Fred Astaire, and even with Ronald Reagan. In 1945, George Murphy became president of the Screen Actors Guild. He retired from the silver screen in 1952, and he, at that time, became a TV producer. But he also became a politician, much like his friend Mr. Reagan. In fact, he was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1964, and you know who he beat? His opponent was Pierre Salinger, who had been the press secretary for John F. Kennedy. In fact, Murphy trounced him, uh, beating by a big margin. Well, during his time in the Senate, which was 1965 to 1971, he contracted throat cancer, and it made it necessary for him to have his larynx removed. And that, of course, made him unable to speak above a whisper. And that's the way he was for the remainder of his life. George Murphy died in 1992 in Palm Beach, Florida. But he was kind of a memorable character, one of the first people to make the transition from show business into politics. And, of course, then uh, Mr. Mr. Reagan followed right behind George Murphy, a lot of times I remember uh, back when I was young, and they would talk about him when he was in the Senate and whatnot. They used to show films of him being a hoofer, is the way they, they used to put it. for Tuesday's old-time radio drama for February 23rd, 2021. Hope you enjoyed it. We will be back tomorrow with an old-time radio mystery, and on Thursday, we'll be back with a Western. Going out today, I thought we would play a little song that you probably have not heard in years and years and years. And it's by a group called the Pozo Seco Singers. And it was popular way back in the early 60s. See if you remember this one. This is Bob Bro. I'm so glad you stopped by. And I am so glad you met me. See you tomorrow.
Let's go.